Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, where we chat to people making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. And here is your host for today, Josh Griffin. Thank you, Annette. As usual, I'm recording on Bunurong Country. As such, I'd like to acknowledge the Bunurong people, the Kulin Nation, and celebrate the elders that are past, present, and emerging. And really excited to speak to this week's guest, Sam Russell. He's a young man, only 22, and he's from New South Wales. And uh, really excited to chat with Sam and hear all about that. But before we do, Sam was a finalist in uh, the New South Wales Young Achiever Awards. And uh, speaking of that program, we've got another batch of announcements of finalists coming up very, very soon. So if you're listening to this podcast, you know, why not pause quickly, jump over to our Facebook at 7 News Young Achiever Awards for New South Wales and ACT, about who to recognise a whole new group of young people. So many inspirational stories to tell. One way that you can support young people like Sam and, and the finalists that we're about to announce is by becoming an awards member. And Annette, I'd love you to tell people about that and what they kind of can expect from an awards membership and, and how much it is. Yeah. Hi, Josh. Hi, Sam. Looking forward to hearing your story. Yeah, our membership is only $50 a year, which is 14 cents a day, so it doesn't cost too much, but you get great benefits. You get in uh, to newsletters, you get a mention on our podcast. Uh, we'll, of course, ask you to be on the podcast if you'd like to, but there's a whole heap of, of benefits. So head across to awardsaustralia.com forward slash membership and find out everything you get. So get on board. Thanks, Josh. Thank you, Annette. Now to this week's dose of inspiration, we're talking to Sam Russell. He's from Dungog in the Hunter region in New South Wales. And Sam's a positive role model for young people. He works with Youth Express where they run two main programs called Kong and Work Readiness. So we'll find out a bit more about those programs very shortly. But some of these programs are about giving young Indigenous people a pathway to explore and identify their positioning from school to work. Sam was an Aboriginal education officer at Dungog High School. So that's a really cool progression. I'm looking forward to hearing what Sam thinks about, you know, working one school and now with lots of schools. During uh, the pandemic, Sam teamed up with Dungog High School to run a suicide prevention day and raise money and awareness, which is, yeah, really cool. And Sam, thanks for joining us here today. No worries. Thanks for having me. Uh, happy to be here and hopefully inspire some young people out there to take on their journey and, and follow their life through different steps and see where they end up as well. And, uh, and how are you going today, first off? Yeah, pretty good today. Sort of getting back into it, back into the swing of things now this year. So that, that's exciting. Yeah. Got some good things coming up so as well. So I guess, you know, with you working in high schools, your yeah, your years really start to ramp up now that, that kids are back. Yeah, for sure. It gets a little bit busier now and we have a good, a good path on, on the way out of the pandemic side of things and a good vision there on the ways that we can still connect with our young people in, in the safest way possible. So that's exciting as well. So I want to ask you about Youth Express. But first, you know, just touch on um, your role before that at Dungog High School. Did you kind of grow up in that area as well? Yep. So I'm actually a proud Domory man and my family's from a place called Dunedin in New South Wales. Yep. And we moved down here at a pretty young age and I went to school at Dunlop High School and graduated in 2017. So I finished school and like a lot of young people out there, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I sort of finished and I was like, this is different. Now there's no routine. I don't have to go to school. What am I going to do with my life sort of thing? So I was pretty lucky and the school actually reached out to me in my first year out of school 
around a bit of a, a relief position up there with the Aboriginal student in an Aboriginal education officer role. So I, I took it thanks to their guidance, which was something that I'm always grateful for because that start is pretty much where I am today, which is good. In a school where I only I was only there last year as a student, it had it had its challenges as well, but they were pretty supportive and and it was sort of good to go back to somewhere that has given me so much and, and give back as well. So I did that for probably or maybe like ten months. Yep. During that time there was a program that we that was ran in the school by Youth Express, which was the Culture Strong program where I met two fellows, Gennis and Neville. They used to come and deliver the program and we we formed a pretty good relationship through that program and, and yarning and stuff with those two fellows. And when we finished up that year in 2018, they actually said that there was an opportunity to apply at Youth Express for a role, which I did, and that was as a program facilitator. So that was only actually two days a week, and then they gave me three days, but then I had to fill my week in. So I applied at Mount View High School, which is out in Sussex area, for Aboriginal yeah. SLSO which I was unsuccessful in that role and I did two days a week there. So I did that for two years and ever since last year, I've been full-time at Youth Express. So a little bit of a journey, but experienced a lot of different things, I think, at a pretty young age, which sort of made me, I guess, grow up a little bit quicker and different environments as well. Um, It's crazy how the schools can only be like, you know, 45 minutes away from each other, but have a completely different culture and and different Mm. kids and different attitudes as well. So good experience. And, yeah, very thankful for the way it sort of panned out. Yeah, that is quite a cool uh, experience. And it sounds like you were straight onto it after high school, just straight into working. Yeah. And <laughs> so what's what's kind of you know, the difference between working in one school, you know, focusing on those students to then, you know, with Youth Express, I think you mentioned you cover over 20 different schools. Yeah, yeah. So I guess you get... Like one of the main important things for me is that uh, I want to establish establish a relationship with the kids that we work with first and foremost. So, you know, really connect with them and, and genuinely care about these kids. Some of the kids that you do meet, it might seem like you're the only person that actually cares about them. Some of, some of the stuff that they might have happening can be pretty serious. So you, just by showing that, you know, half an hour to an hour of, of kindness and invested into their sort of life. It can make a massive difference to them. So I think working in the school, it's sort of like you get to establish that relationship even deeper and you see them at least two times a week. So you can really work on that and and have a look at what's happening and they have that support network with them 24-7. And then I guess the other side with the youth expressing, you just experience different walks of life and different people. Sometimes it can have its challenges too because you might go from like a primary school to a high school. So the whole different changes of like level and personalities and Obviously, some of the stuff that you say in a primary school, you you wouldn't talk to high school kids like that and vice versa. So I do like going to the different schools because, like I said, you can sort of inspire. If I can inspire one person a week, then, you know, I'm, I'm sort of happy in that. And, like, some kids really eat it up and, and they want to learn more. And with our programs, one of the main importances for us is that we don't want to go in there and preach culture. We basically want to go in and share some of the experiences we've had and some of the knowledge that we have and then guide those kids on a journey. They need to follow that for themselves and and they need to, you know, walk their own path as well, which is important. So, yeah, it's it's good. It's fun. Um, Youth Express is really supportive in everything they do and, and have created a great foundation there, which I have other programs as well. But, yeah, I think the foundation they've created and their, their reputation in the community makes it a lot easier for us. 
my next question's kind of got two parts. I just wanting to know, firstly, being quite young yourself, and I guess not that far removed from the older high school kids, firstly, does that help you to connect with them? Because, you know, you're not seen as like this old guy coming in and, and as you said, trying to preach to them. And secondly, the second part of the question is, does that put any pressure on you, you know, sometimes feeling younger, I guess, than, than some of your peers? Mm-hmm. Yep. So it definitely does help in in certain situations. Like I said, I want to establish that relationship. So with our programs, um, we do a lot of traditional games. Like I don't really, it doesn't phase me if we throw a footy around for the first 20 minutes if I know that they're going to engage and they're going to want to learn and they're going to listen to me properly for the rest of the program sort of thing. So it does help being young. You're sort of up to date with some of the trends and, and some of the things that our young fellows are doing these days. You know, they're, they're still little TikToks and their they're dancers <laughs> and different music yeah. and stuff. <laughs> Helps relate to them a little bit more. And like you said, uh, I'm pretty young myself, so I wasn't, it wasn't that long ago where, where I was in their position where I can understand, you know, um, some of the things that they might be going through. But I guess it is, it can be at times have its downfalls as well. Um, there has been some times where some kids might see that I'm a little bit younger and try and maybe, you know, take advantage of our program a little bit in terms of that. But the thing that is so good about, I guess, Youth Express and the different places I've worked is they have really good ways where you basically learn on the, on the job, I guess. So you might have one bad experience and, and you're not going to make that mistake again. But then the downfall is you sort of, that can sort of live with, live with you for a little bit. I remember at times of Mount when I was, you know, only like 19 or 20, something would happen with a kid and, and then, you know, I would always beat myself up and be like, am I even like meant for this? Am I even good enough for this? But um, you just have to let that stuff go, you know. You can't help everyone and, and some of our kids will learn the hard way, which is hard to watch and hard to see. But if you can provide that support there, then that's all you can really do. So it does have its down, downfalls, I guess, in terms of sometimes you might not have that sort of, I guess, rapport with the kids because you are a little bit younger. But generally speaking, it goes pretty well because they can, they kind of connect with me a little bit. And I think pretty well in, in majority of our schools, they are well-behaved kids. And yep. if you give them that opportunity and you give them that, that time and that, and that you know, generally care for them, you're going to get the best out of them. Now, you're a um, New South Wales guy. So, you know, you said throw the footy before. And I'm thinking, do we kick the footy? And then I realised I'm in Victoria. So yeah. you're probably talking about uh, okay. league yeah, or, yeah. or rugby. What are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, definitely, definitely league. Um, I grew up playing rugby league pretty much most of my life and then played a bit of soccer as well and, and have coached a soccer team in Dungog for the last three years, which is pretty good. So that kind of keeps me busy on the weekends. And we actually, with my one of my workers at Youth Express, my boss there, we're actually coaching under-15s um, ladies tackle team this year. So that'll be interesting, a nice challenge. But um, yeah, definitely league. I haven't. I haven't played much or watched much of the AFL game. You can keep that down down south there <laughs> in your side. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, well, you know, I've always found sport to be a good connector, especially for males, male kids. Yeah. You know, you don't know what to talk to them about and you can uh, usually find something in common just by throwing a ball or kicking a ball, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's cool to hear that, you know, yeah. you've built that into to your kind of mentoring as well. So did you yeah. be aware of Youth Express yourself as a high school student or as a, a school student yourself? Um, so they have they have the different programs, like I said, at Youth Express. They have a work placement program where basically their role is to connect with the high schools in the area and get their year 11 and 12 kids that are doing vet subjects. So obviously yeah. your constructions, your woodworks and your metals and 
primary industries, hospitality, and get them work placement because you obviously need so many hours of work placement to complete your HSE. So I, I was first aware of them when I did construction in year 11 and 12, and, and they sort of set me up like that. But I never knew um, what they basically they, they offered to the community or what they did because the other programs I have there is like a TAEG, which is like a it kind of it's a transition to work basically. So yeah. when they, uh, but it's Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander kids as well. So it can be pretty much any ages, and it's pretty much mentoring and support to get into some sort of training or work. So with our program that we do in schools, we often identify some kids that that might be looking get them get them some support to to journey into the next stage of their life because as we know a lot of our kids there's a bit of a gap there from school to whatever they go on to and unfortunately there's some of those bad things that can influence those people's lives after they leave school and and take that bad road so if we can snap them up into some sort of support and mentoring programs to transition to work or training then then that's good they do some different little programs in the office as well which is with i guess they were classes disadvantaged young young people but yeah, I wasn't really aware of them, I guess. It wasn't until they started to to come up and run the program at, at my work and I was like, oh, I know a lot of this stuff. Um, this looks pretty good. I like this. And then we got to sort of talking most weekends and, and most afternoons and that was good. So, Sam, can you tell us about the other program, the uh, Culture Strong program as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so our program at Youth Express is IAS, so it's Indigenous Advancement Strategy. Yep. And then we basically create our own programs under that sort of under that banner a little bit. So our main program is Culture Strong, and I guess that's more aimed at um, primary schools, so I guess any sort of age primary schools, and then year seven to nine. And obviously that's a pretty big drastic change, so it's going to be a little bit in-depth as you get into high school. But it, it is important that we do focus on our primary school kids too because if they don't have that sense of pride for their culture, they're going to transition into high school and student high school, as we know, they sort of are a little bit shame and, and they don't want to put their hand up and they don't want to be leaving class to do some cultural things because then kids are like, why are you leaving class? Mm. And we want to break that a little bit. We want to sort of build that pride up when they're in year five and six and, and year four and, and they get to high school and, and they know a lot of the a lot of the stuff anyway and they're confident enough to sort of form their own journey from there. So I guess the main elements around that is two footprints is the first bit, which is basically their their cultural footprint or their Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture and then the Western society footprint. And how it's important to basically learn about both, and you can't you can't hop along in your journey. You have to walk in, in both footprints. You know, you it's hard to to get by with with just one of those. It's important that we know both. So that's the first element of it. And then there's the traditional game sort of thing. So obviously, learning these traditional games, learning the backgrounds of them, where they come from, and then actually playing the traditional games. And in the past, we've had some different transition days with the primary schools and the high schools where we all get together. We we might teach the high school kids the, these games and then yeah. we basically do like a massive big transition day where they teach the younger kids the games and it's around, you know, obviously transitioning to high school and that's been pretty successful in the past. And then we have have our role models sort of element where we look at look at our role models and um, you know, identify who these role models are. So they might be people like, you know, Obviously, your Kathy Freemans, Jonathan Thurston's, Patty Mills, those those type of people. But it can also be an uncle or a friend or even like, you know, your mum or your dad, which is what we sort of want to tap into a little bit as well. And then the first one, the, the first one that we actually run in our schools for the first term is around identity. So looking at, okay, you know, you're, you're Aboriginal or you're Torres Strait Islander, but what does that actually mean to identify as that? So 
can we have a look at maybe where your family's from? Do we know what your totems are? Do we know any of your history? And and it's fine if they don't know. Like you, we have to understand that there has been some dramatic events that's happened in our history that has, you know, caused that disconnection. But to try and revitalise that and sort of build that journey for themselves, it's about finding out what you do know and 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 being proud about that. So yeah, yeah, that's really interesting, Sam. Yeah, there's so many things to touch on from what you just said, but. One thing was if a kid kind of says, oh, look, I don't know some of that details, like how do I find out? You know, what are some yeah, of the so advice you give? It can be tough to, to, to basically find out, especially with a lot of our kids um, when they come through out of home care and stuff. But yeah. I guess if they have a general knowledge of, you know, maybe where their grandparents grew up or, or we'll do our family tree and then we'll get them to highlight the people they know in their family that do identify as Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander. And a lot of their nan and pops are still alive that do identify. Yeah. So we'll often say, like, well, let's ask some questions, you know, like I want you to all go home, ask that nan a question about culture and come back and tell me next week. I don't care if it's like, you know, where did you grow up or, or what do you know about our culture or what do you know about our family? Like it's important to ask these questions before they do pass away because when they do pass away, it's a lot harder to find that information out. Otherwise, you know, we can, like, if they're really keen to and they really want to find out some stuff and they know a general area of, you know, maybe where their family comes from and stuff, we do have some pretty good connections in community too. So we might reach out to someone and see if they know anything about this family name or anything like that. But, yeah. again, we want them to form their own paths and, and make their own connections in doing that as well. So yeah. yeah, so it seems like it's very almost like verbal, you know, the stories being passed down from a... And the knowledge being passed down from from the elders. Yeah, basically. I mean, when you think about it, uh, our culture is you know sixty thousand plus years old, and and the way it's it's survived that long is by passing down stories and experience yep. from elders and learning. So there's no reason why we have to change something that's worked for so long, <laughs> and and we have to continue to do that to make sure it stays alive and and it's it's getting better. And, and I guess that's what we're working from every day. You know, trying to trying to make sure that. Our kids can build that connection and, and build that sort of pride. I guess it's it's hard as well because there's a lot of a lot of young fellas that you know they might be darker skinned or and they might not know about their culture or they might even be lighter. It doesn't matter. But like if they don't know about their culture, they kind of have that you know loss of identity. It's like well, I don't fit into this community. I don't fit into that community. Like where do I belong and stuff. So um, and it can be something that leads to you know further further issues to these young people, as you know, and, and the stats are all there and stuff. But if we can try and stop that and, and build that sense of pride, then, yeah, that's important as well. But, again, like, if they don't want to engage in the program and they don't want to do it, we're not going to force them to be there. And we get a lot of kids that are like, no, nah, I've got PE today or i got this today, I'm going to class. It's like, that's fine. But we also can't have you missing, you know, every second week or two weeks in a row because this group's going to advance into the next element. And you're going to be behind a little bit, and we want we want to build a, a safe place in our programs as well. So, you know, we want our kids to be able to know that what we talk about and the things that we do in our program, the majority of that stuff is going to stay there. Obviously, some of the stuff is fine because we do want them conversations to start. We want our kids to go home and say to say to their parents, you know, we learned this, we did that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's important, I think. But generally speaking, it's it's pretty good. So you touched on the parents just now, and, and again previously. Does that seem to be a bit of a common generational thing where, you know, the grandparents perhaps are a bit more closely connected with their, their culture or knowledge and then there was something missing in that next generation and, and now the, today's kids are trying to, you know... Yeah, I think more. so. I think so. As to why, 
yeah, I think that might be the most asked question. <laughs> I'm not too sure why. There's, there's a lot of things that can that can lead to it. Obviously, um, when you think about you know the, the things that have happened, like stolen generation, mm. people seem to think that they were hundreds of years ago. You know, like it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, a lot of these grandparents and stuff, they they probably grew up through that that period. So when they got punished for something and and they got punished to you know talk about their culture and and talk about their language and stuff i guess there's obviously some some trauma in that too so after that happened and and those events sort of happened they're not going to talk as much either so there has been some some um young young kids where they don't they just didn't find anything out or they didn't know anything because their their grandparents wouldn't say much either because obviously some of the traumatic events that have happened so we actually call that intergenerational trauma and I guess that leads to where um, our young kids grow up disconnected to their culture because of the things that have happened to their grandparents that have led to that that closed sharing of information where they don't want they don't want to share it and they're they're too scared or they've just blocked it away and, and then we can't learn about it. So that's sad, that, but um, it is. Yeah, yeah. The way you've explained that, Sam, is uh, is really I think informative. Yeah. Because. Uh, yeah, I think as you said, some people maybe you know, gloss over that, but uh, the way you've explained it to me really paints the picture of, of why what you're doing is so uh, important. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. But at the end of the day, it's their journeys too. So if they want, if they're interested in it and they're passionate in it, then um, that's good. I know that for myself, I've done a lot of work in in finding, you know, I guess my journey and connecting to my ancestors and and people in the past and finding out where we sort of come from and, and what happened there, which is being being pretty good, um, learn a lot of stuff and then get to the dead end and it's like what I do now, but it's something that you'll do forever. So, yeah. That's a great point you raise. Do you find that as part of this process that you're, you know, it seems like you are, that you're learning and that you're actually developing? 100%. Well? Yeah, we, we learn all the time. We're learning about ourselves as much as the kids are learning about themselves as well, which makes it work so good. Yeah. There's been a lot of the times where you do get you do get some kids that have grown up pretty connected to their culture, and then they share some things from their culture, and you you learn again. Then, and you know, the main thing we stand by is we don't want to preach culture, and we, well, me and my boss that I work with, we don't come from this area as well, so we're not going to go and be like, you know, um, this is what these people do, this is what you should do, sort of thing. It's like, no, uh, keep it all generalized and. Yep. And then, you know, hopefully give them that passion like we have to to go and chase that journey. Some will just use it to get out of class, unfortunately, and, and some might not follow it up, but at least they still have that bit of general knowledge around that sort of stuff. So if they're ever in the situation they want to follow it up, then they can um, mm. they can sort of, they know where to go to and they, they know where to source that information or to start that journey, which yeah, can happen at all different times, I think. Yeah, well, it's so true. And, you know, it might be down the track, years down the track, and, all it yeah. takes is uh, for that little, you know, memory of that time they were, they were in the program with you and they're like, oh, yeah, I do remember that, actually. And they kind of, yeah. yeah, that's a cool, yeah, something I wouldn't have thought of. So you also mentioned about the uh, the role models and, you know, how you've got your celebrity, maybe level role models and yeah, yeah. iconic role models and then those closer to home. I wanted to ask you about the Yarn Smart initiative that you, that you started with Youth Express. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I guess the mental health stuff particularly suicide has been something that has impacted my life a little bit um it was only a few years ago when we lost a close mate of mine to that and living in a tight community that i do it's you can sort of see how it affects everyone in, in a lot of different ways so i guess that's something that i'll always try and do you know forever now 
more so much now that I know the impact of it and the way it can affect people. So I guess with the young smart stuff, it's about you know really trying to break that break that stigma around mental health. You know, like just because they're a tough footy player doesn't mean they don't go through these things, or just because he's a bloke doesn't mean that he doesn't sit in a quiet place and have a cry every now and then and normalize that stuff like you can feel upset it's so often when a few mates might get together they have a few beers and stuff and then they start getting really deep and they start crying and getting upset and it's like you know they shouldn't take this stuff to to be able to talk which i know can be hard a lot of the time and you just don't think you can but um i guess the yarn smart stuff is about trying to trying to normalize that a little bit and um smart actually stands for um strengths Oh, this will test me. Um, strength, mindset, awareness, resilience, and thoughtfulness. So, obviously, those things are all pretty key in um, ensuring that your your mental health is as strong as it can be. But sometimes, you know, your mental health might be strong when you're going through the hardest chapter of your life, and that's solely just because you're learning new ways to to put things aside and deal with them at the time, or deal with them when it's sort of a little bit better. But yeah, I guess. In terms of um, the initiative that we created, we pretty much did it during lockdown. Uh, we couldn't do much in our schools, and it was just a way to be like, you know, well, um, you think about these things with our kids that they use as outlets, footy, soccer, netball, whatever they do as sport, that's been taken away. Um, some of their home lives might not, be that, might not be that great. So now they're at home with that 24-7 when they might have had school as an outlet. Um, you know, they're with their brothers and sisters that might all the time, 24-7 now because we're in lockdown. And they're also doing these things like using the mobile phone, gaming, all that sort of stuff at a higher rate because they're also at home. So, and that can affect our mental health as well. So I guess during lockdown, we'll like, if we can put this, push this out there a little bit, if, you know, it changes one person and, and makes one person smile, then, then we're happy. So we have some different people that we've already interviewed and obviously continuing to do that um, just around some of the things they use to, I guess, overcome some of their bad days as we know we can wake up one morning and feel like yep let's move mountains and then the next day it's i don't want to go to work so True. um <laughs> yeah i guess around those different escapes that they might use and and different people that have come through that adversity as well on there so we made a um mental health awareness poster as well through a company in newcastle called v- viara and they got the QR code in the middle of the poster and then we did it through augmented reality where you scan the code and it gives like a bit of a preview of each person. Okay. So we've got those flyers and I guess as we go through that element of our culture strong program that has that, um, then we can we can have this other support base where we can be like, you can follow the Instagram if you want and then they might see some things on there in their own space that might be able to sort of inspire them or, you know, whether it's to reach out to get help or talk to a friend or even just to to make their day a little bit brighter. That's right. And it, that's a Yarn Smart on Instagram. Um, I've followed it. And if you can't find it just by typing in Yarn Smart, then it's got like the dots, the periods in between S-M-A-R-T. Yeah. And who were some of the people that you, you interviewed on that? So we obviously interviewed Letitia and she actually was a part of the Young Achiever Awards as well. So that was pretty, pretty exciting to do. Um, and then Shanda Oil, who played footy for Melbourne Storm. Yeah. Jack Wilson, who was a deadly ninja warrior. Cameron Manning, who is a, pr- a proud Aboriginal fellow that was from this area and is now in Bathurst ways. We we interviewed Nev Winters as well, who, like I said, used to work at Youth Express and, and has now sort of moved on to his own things. Uh, he's at Tanambit, but he's also got his own clothing business, so I'll give that a bit of a plug as well. It's called The Culture. It's pretty good. It's just sort of taken off now, which is awesome as well. And I know he has that passion that, 
you know, it's more than just clothes. It's about inspiring people as well and, and telling his journey amongst the clothing designs too. So Cool. You did say Letitia there. So for those uh, who are maybe listening and not realise who that is, Letitia and Sam are both finalists together in the Transgrid Indigenous Achievement Award category. As I mentioned at the top of the podcast, that it's part of the Seven Years Young Achiever Awards for New South Wales and ACT. And, uh, yeah, Sam's a finalist in the award and Letitia ended up being named as the winner. Uh, so that's really cool that you guys have kind of collaborated and, and connected um, down the track. So, yeah, I didn't even know who she was until the awards night. And then we actually spoke on that night and, and she she said that she was from Bracelet, which isn't far from our work. Um, so, yeah, we kind of have been talking a little bit over online and stuff and then got her onto the interview, which was really good. She, she was good for that as well, good for our young our young girls and, um, you know, they can have someone to inspire to as well. And then we have a bit of an exciting, she's got a bit of an, an exciting program in the Maitland area based around entrepreneurs that we're going to sort of work in and, and sort of help her with there in however way we can. But we had a meeting last week and I know she's pretty she's pretty keen to get it up and running. So something good to, to sort of look forward to coming up. That's awesome. We'll have to speak to her on the podcast as well. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. So, yeah, we love seeing those kind of, you know, collaborations and relationships form. As you said, you didn't know who she was and then you've kind of been brought together through this awards program. And so that's stuff we'd love to see. What was it like, you know, other than getting to meet Letitia at the awards night, what was it like for you to uh, you know, to be a finalist and to, to come along and, I guess, be part of that event? It was pretty, it was good. It was crazy. Like I'm like I'm from a pretty small town. So to go to such a <laughs> massive event in, you know, Sydney was pretty crazy. But it was just so good to see so many young people to actually be recognized for the work that they do, I think. Which is so important because, you know, so many times you, you might see in different places where a lot of our young people might get overlooked because it's like you're not experienced enough or you don't have this or you don't have that. But they can actually offer so much as we know. And it was just, you know, amazing to see what some of the other people are doing and and some of the initiatives that they take and things that they do in their lives. I think everyone can everyone can sort of, you know, take a leaf out of their book and they'll they'll be destined for great things. There were some really, really young ones there too where you just think like be able to recognise everyone on the night and on the day and yeah. That's great, Sam. And uh, what what happened with your nomination? Um trying to recall actually nominated by someone at youth express yeah i was i think or maybe at mount view at the time but yeah i was nominated into the i think i can't remember what category <laughs> too long ago too long ago was how did you find it and uh, i guess the reason i'm asking is would you you know recommend other people out there listening if they they think of a young person you know who's doing something impressive or even if it's just small that, uh, that should they go ahead and nominate them? Yeah, I think I just remember seeing it online somewhere. I think I was just nominated, and then that's how I sort of knew. But I would definitely recommend it if you know, if you know, if you see someone out there that's doing some pretty great things and inspiring some people, it's definitely worth nominating them. Like I said, it was really well run. The awards night itself and the um, lead up to it, we were all pretty excited as an organisation because uh, my boss was also nominated in the category too. So. Yeah, our young people, they, they do work hard and, and sometimes they can feel like, like I said before in my story, there was times where I sort of thought, am, am I meant to be doing this? Is this what I'm meant to be doing? And they can second guess themselves and question, you know, what they're doing is actually right. So 
um, to have that recognition that the things that they're doing is amazing and, and the achievements that they're, they're doing already so far at a young age is, is really important, I think. It just shows that as we sort of do things every day, we don't, we don't sort of chase those glory things or at times we might need them as well so that we're not sort of thinking, am I doing everything I'm meant to be doing? And Sam, uh, before we before we have to wrap up, uh, I did want to ask you, you know, I've been certainly inspired by the work that you do and, and your story, but what is it that inspires you, Sam? Oh, I think I obviously have the celebrity type inspirations as well that I've um, had from a young age, you know, you Jonathan Thurston's and, and you're going less as a rugby league fan, but also, you know, Adam Goods, as, you, as you'd know from the AFL game, which is pretty inspiring. Um, I think what inspires me most about those fellas, and I think even when you look at Latrell Mitchell now, um, like obviously they're Aboriginal and obviously they're, they're good at footy, but it's also that, you know, they can use their name and use their reputation they've built in society to fight for, you know, our people and, and to fight for um, the betterment of our people and, and use that in a positive way to sort of shed some light on this stuff. I, I know that a lot of the boys now in the rugby league community, they, they do call out that racism and they yeah. do, um, you know, they do bring it to light and, and try and break those sort of systematic, you know, things that have happened for so long. So I think that's important as well. But my main inspiration would have to be, I'd probably just say my mum and my nan. They've, they've gone through some some pretty tough stuff, but um, I think, you know, if I can be half as strong as they are, then I'd be pretty right. It's a great answer, and I'm sure they'll be absolutely stoked to hear it. <laughs> yeah. So, Sam, uh, we've mentioned before the uh, Yarn Smart on Instagram. So if everyone can search that, jump on it, and you can uh, find out more. Yeah, was there anything else you wanted to plug? No, I think I think we're pretty good. Thanks for having me. It's been it's been great to come on here and, and have a conversation. And again, um, yeah, just with the yarn smart stuff. We're always looking for people that wants to jump on there and, and share their story or, you know, share the ways that they can overcome with their sort of, you know, mental health stuff or just yeah. what they do as an outlet as well. So if you're keen to do that. But yeah, thanks. Would you be looking for people kind of roughly in your area or just New South Wales or is it could it be uh, yeah it wouldn't really matter pretty much running all through zoom anyway so yeah pretty much anyone that's great hopefully we'll get some great guests you know chatting with you for that because it's, it's a really good idea and uh yeah a great way to keep people connected and, and motivated yep awesome sam well thanks for taking the time today it was great chatting with you no worries thanks for that i hope you enjoyed that interview if you liked it or any of our other episodes it would be great if you can rate and review the inspirational australians podcast It really helps us out. If someone you know needs a little dose of inspiration, why not let them know about this podcast? And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed so that you won't miss an episode. Join us each week as we talk with ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. You can always head to our website at awardsaustralia.com slash podcast for more information and details on each guest. Now, before we go, I'd like to thank Annette, our producer. Here's a fun fact. Annette is my mum, and our other host, Jeff, is my dad. This podcast is brought to you by Awards Australia, a family-owned business that proudly uncovers the stories of people who make a difference for others. We can only do this with the support of our corporate and not-for-profit partners as they make our awards programs possible. So do you know someone making a difference? If you'd like to recommend someone to be a guest on the podcast, get in touch through our Instagram page, inspirational.australians or maybe your business might like to sponsor the podcast or get involved with the awards we run 
head to our website, awardsaustralia.com for more details. Until next week, stay safe. And remember, together we make a difference. Thanks for joining us today on the Inspirational Australians podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and have been inspired by ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. So it's goodbye for another week. Remember, together we make a difference.